Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's McWicked. Four years later, back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59, somewhere fancy. Rockin' in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark's going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy up! Mike, like you said, the Sharton call never gets old. You've got another rendition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And, Mike, what a big weekend coming up of racing we have this week. But we're back on the road next week as we head to New Jersey. That's right. We're going to be at the Meadowlands live for the Hambletonian, the Hambletonian Oaks. Just a, a great card, a great day, a big card, the funnest day, in the, the most fun day in the sport of harness racing, I would think, Mike. And and uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate because we always have a blast on that particular day. And it's where harness racing superstars are made is Hambletonian Day. And I'll tell you what. Don't miss it if you're in the vicinity of the Meadowlands. Make sure you come out. As a matter of fact, Mike, we've got a Hamiltonian Eliminations, Hamiltonian Oaks Eliminations coming up on Saturday after Meadowlands. A couple of very interesting divisions, and I like a long shot in, uh, to take the whole darn thing, to take the whole darn Uh-oh. thing, but she's got to make the final first. <laughs> I'm not well, going to release it. I'm going to wait until she makes the final. Oh, before come, I on. come on. Come no. on. You're afraid of knocking down the price a couple of couple of dollars? Yeah. 
Well, listen, this is a horse that I've been following, Mike, and we've been going back and forth on this horse, a horse by the name of Princess Deo. Princess Deo, and, you've been high on this horse for a few weeks now. Well, actually last year, and uh, she's second start for trainer Lucas Wallen. Uh, Andy McCarthy, she's teamed back up with Andy McCarthy. Andy drove her as a two-year-old, had a lot of success with her. Um, and uh, Brian Sears has been driving her for Nifty Norman for the first couple of starts here in 2019. And, and quite frankly, she hasn't really been racing well, but uh, she raced uh, much improved last week and this is her second start back with andy mccarthy she draws the 10 that's going to be Ugh. the problem she draws the 10 in uh, that elimination which uh, features when doves cry and the ice duchess and american chronos and some other good ones but uh you know so mccarthy's gonna have to get creative but you know what she's got a, a good enough late kick to where if she can get position i think she can make the final and if she can make the final, I think she's got a big shot if she continues yeah. to move forward in form. Yeah, you know, those races um, are a little bit more wide open. Um, that race is a little bit more wide open than the fifth race where Evident Beauty draws the rail. And we all know what Evident Beauty has been like over the past uh, few starts, four for five this year with $188,000 made. So if Princess Deo is going to make the final, Mike, I think it's definitely going to be out of that elimination because, you know, it is the easier of the two and it's not even close. And that, that's, well, that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I mean, but know, look, but yeah, look at look at how look how deep that fifth race is, Mike. I mean, you got Evident Beauty, you've got Millie's Possession, who's uh, just been lights out. She has done nothing wrong here in uh, 2019, and I've had a chance to see her race a couple times at Aris Philly Boy. She's she's a very nice horse. And who else you've got in that race? You've got Star Reedy, you've got Asiago. I mean, you there's a lot of good horses in that elimination. Yeah, there is a ton of good horses in that elimination. That's one of those eliminations, Mike, that when they split, um, you know, all the good horses just happen to wind up in the same one. You've got Asiago, who I called uh, Asiago's first uh, baby race last year. Uh -huh. You've got Queen of Tricks in the race, uh, Golden Tricks in post number nine, uh, Starita, like you said. This is a loaded, loaded field. Yeah, no question about it. Mike, before we get on to the show, we've got a great guest list on tap for you today. But um, a couple of things, uh, first of all, Harris Philly here yesterday, and I don't know how many people heard, but there was a little bit of a spill. Uh, Corey Callahan, Yannick Shingro were both involved. Happy to report they're both doing fine. They were banged up. They uh, both walked off under their own power. Um, uh, two horses went down. Both of them are up, and they're good, and they're in good shape. So, uh, you know, that's certainly a good thing to see. Uh, but I got to say one thing. I got to give real quick credit to a couple of my coworkers here. First of all, uh, Outrider Jen Oberg, she just did an outstanding job of uh, rounding up the loose horse. And, you know, Mike, I'll tell you, there's uh, a lot of strategy to being an Outrider because here's a situation yesterday, Mike where we had a loose horse, okay, and this loose horse was, and, and for those of you that aren't familiar with Harris Philly, it does, the the, uh, the turn by the half goes over a bridge of water, okay, and this horse yep. was loose, heading straight towards, the, now there's a fence around it, so I don't think the horse could have got in there, but was heading straight towards that bridge at full throttle, okay, so the outrider, uh, Jen, basically had a decision to make because the horses were just going over the bridge and headed to the half. Okay. If she chases, she decides to chase this horse. This horse could turn around and sprint 
towards the backstretch, which would put her on a collision course with the field. Holy okay? cow. Yeah. So Jen kind of took back a little bit and you know, kind of just let the horse do his thing, got the field out of the way, and then went on to catch her. Now, I'll tell you what. I got to give – Jen a lot of credit because you know I mean if you're in an anxious outright and you just go after the horse and you spook the horse and the horse keeps going the horse can go right into the field correct okay yeah that, and then that leads to even worse situation than what you got exactly and speaking of MVPs my good buddy Norton Shoemaker the starter here at Harris Philadelphia okay so the horse goes down he went down um, just before the three eighths mark okay which is in front of us the first time. Um, okay, so the horse is is uh, is laying there trying to get his bearings back. I, I believe the horse choked down. I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, Norton Shoemaker, our starter, the Iron Man, affectionately known as, <laughs> gets out gets out of the gets out of the car and holds the horse down. And he's in about the four or five path. Okay, in the stretch, and uh, so Shoe is basically sitting on the horse's head, making sure the horse don't get up because once again, horses are coming into the stretch. They're still racing. Yep. If the if, if 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 the horse gets up, could be a collision course with the field. So I basically abandoned the race call. I turned up the mic as loud as I could as they were entering the stretch, the, the horses by the eighth pole. And I said, drivers, please take your horses to the inside. Take your horses to the inside. And I'm thinking, oh, man, if, if one of these horses just breaks or goes to the outside, you know, shoe could be in a bad situation. But nonetheless, right. it turned out very good. But a couple, you know, you, you you really don't think about in the day to day, you know, operations of a racetrack or whatever. Things can go wrong very quickly, and you know you need a good team. You need a good starter. You need a good outrider. Uh, you just need a good team to be able to handle a situation like that. And they them two handled it about as good as it can be handled. And I just want to commend them. And, and I'm and I'm happy to to be their coworkers. And it is a commendable, commendable effort. You know, those things, you know, those there are scary situations. You never know how they're going to turn out, and anything can happen. I mean, they're animals. That's the way it goes. That, you know, to have them uh, perform as well as they did, definitely, uh, definitely kudos to them. Yeah, so good. The horses are okay. Yannick and Corey are okay. And, uh, you know, speaking of, before we get to our show, Mike, before we uh, get into our first guest, um, certainly our prayers out to, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of uh, one of the good guys and uh, one of uh, Harness Racing's most synonymous people, Duke Sugg from, you know, uh, yep. the, the Sugg name. And, and Duke uh, got into a spill or got a spill, had a spill at the fair and had to be life flighted and, uh, you know, certainly had some serious injuries. So on behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, our prayers go out to uh, Duke Sugg and the Sugg family. Yeah, I haven't seen the latest update from him, uh, at least not today. Yesterday, the update was uh, that they were still keeping him sedated. Um, you know, uh, here we go, to keep him as relaxed as still as possible. They tried to take him off sedation a couple of times. And uh, Tuesday night, he didn't want to wake up. Uh, he's probably super tired, obviously. And um, yesterday, it looked like uh, he was moving around a lot. Some really good news out of the, uh, out of the Sug Barn. All right. Well, let's get the show started, Mike. We've got uh, we've got at least one making their post time with Mike and Mike debut. And once again, we've been on the show for what three years now, and uh, I can't believe we haven't had this guy on the show. One of the best track announcers in the business, bar none. Mike Sardella, the track announcer at Saratoga Harness, is going to be joining us. I I I met Mike. He I don't know if he remembers or not. Way back 
in I can't even remember the year. It's when the simulcast conference was out here in Philadelphia, and I had a chance to hang out with Mike and Jim Pelrine and and a couple of the guys. And I haven't really seen or talked to Mike since, so I'm excited to to kind of catch up with Mike, one of the best announcers in the business. So he'll be joining us in just a few minutes. Plus, uh, it is going to be the first of a monthly segment. Uh, for the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. And uh, we're going to be joined once again by a guy that we had a lot of fun, Mike, interviewing a couple of months ago, Shades. Andrew Dembski oh, is going yeah. to be talking about the Adios. Uh, just another uh, big race coming up and what's going to be a fantastic weekend of harness racing, the pace for the Orchids. So we're going to talk to Shades about that. Plus, uh, Steve O'Toole is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about the spirit of Massachusetts trot, which takes place on Sunday, along with the Clara Barton. They've got a big card coming up uh, at Plain Ridge, so we'll catch up with Steve on that. Plus, we're going to uh, have our Pacing for the Cures segment. Janine Gensick will be joining us. They've had a big and busy summer, and it continues. And we're going to catch up with Janine and get uh, what's going on at Pacing for the Cure. Mike Sardell is in the on-deck circle. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. They're off and pacing at the Dan Pat Stakes. They come to three quarters and 122 and four. Lazarus. Lazarus came forth to win the 25th running of the Dan Pat Stakes. Celebrating Indiana's richest harness race, the 26th edition of the $300,000 Dan Pat Stakes on Friday, August 9th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Watch it live on Wish TV at 9 p.m. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by a Saratoga track announcer, Mike Sardella. Mike, what's going on, man? Good morning. I figured you guys needed another Mike. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because we, we bring other mics on the show all the time. And it, it, the trio of mics, uh, you know, it, they, they never they never disappoint. That Let's just put it that way. But um, listen, you call the races at Saratoga Raceway and you've been there for quite some time. But for those who may not know who you are, um, you know, kind of tell us how you got into the industry and how you got into calling races. Yeah, so I was uh, a broadcasting school graduate uh, all the way back in 01, back when I was young, and um, got done with broadcasting school, and I interned at the track, and uh, the boss there at the time, Skip Carlson, uh, gave me an opportunity to be the backup announcer and call one race a night after uh, Bullet Bob Meyer was our announcer at the time. And, um, you know, my brother is in the industry. He's a trainer uh, at our track, and so he got me involved kind of in harness racing to like it, uh, and I figured, let me try to call a race, even though it's not exactly what I went to school for. And, um, I really enjoyed it and, uh, just kind of caught on from there. Mike, you've got a little bit of a unique style when you call a race. I mean, uh, definitely can tell that it's you on the mic. You throw in a lot of different terminology than uh, what, I don't know, some of the ordinary terminology of horse racing is. Tell us how you crafted your style and maybe who you looked after when you were, uh, you know, trying to get your feet wet in, in announcing. So when I got into it, I was listening to Joe Rickey, who was the longtime voice of Saratoga um, it, back in the 90s. And that's, I, I admired his race calls long before I wanted to be a race caller. Um, so I kind of had a pattern of him. And in fact, when I started, they kind of called me Mini Joe. Um, but then like all of us, um, who do it, you start to hone your craft and kind of, and, and I kind of just kind of came up with my own thing. You know, I kind of developed different, different catchphrases and, and, and different ways that I wanted to become unique. You know, um, my goal is always to not steal the show, uh, but to add to the show. I, I know race callers, um, just the nature of our business, calling so many races in a day in a week in a month it can get a little monotonous. So I never let myself get stale because I don't want the fans to, to hear that staleness. And I think most of us announcers do a pretty good job of doing that. Um, but that was always my goal, um, kind of getting into it. Now, Mike, you've called the Garrity, um, for as long as I can remember, and it, it's always a special race, but this year you guys, I mean, you guys always draw an extremely good field, but this year you had the horse of the year. Um, you had none better who was entering in off a nine race win streak. What was it like to call such a big event? Well, we probably had our best field overall. I think this year we've had a defending horse of the year with Wiggle It Jiggle It before uh, a few years back. Um, but as far as the, the balance of the field, it was really a strong bunch. And, and when the, I guess you can say that the sharpest of the group drew two through five, which of course on the half mile track is very important. I knew it was going to be a good race. Um, so I was pretty excited to call some of the big names that, you know, that I can keep an eye on in, in the past few months and, and even a little bit longer. Um, so it was, it set up to be a good one and, and it wound up being pretty much just that. Visiting with Saratoga track announcer Mike Sardella. Now, Mike, let's talk a little bit about preparation. Now, I know that every announcer's got their different way to kind of prep for a race. I know you've got people that color and you've got people that memorize and do different things. What do you do to uh, kind of uh, get yourself to, uh, you know, to, to prepare for a race or the races? So I don't color. I never have. Um, maybe if I dabbled into thoroughbreds, I'd have to do that. Um, but um, fortunately, one of uh, one of the uh, gifts that I have 
um, which are somewhat limited. But uh, one of them I, hit, I do is a photographic memory. So I can look at the program and pretty much have it um, w within a few seconds. Um, plus, I do a lot of different things at our track. I do our morning line. Um, I make the handicapping selections ahead of time for newspapers in the area as well as our, our website. So I see the horses, you know, uh, enough a couple times ahead of time heading into it that, that fortunately after this long, I don't, quote, unquote, study it very much. Um, it just kind of soaks in for me. So I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. Now, Mike, I've heard of a lot of announcers booths, and I've seen a lot of announcers booths that are good, bad. Some of them are flat out ugly. What is yours like? What's the view like? What are the kind of the sight lines? And, you know, are you able to see everything? Is it one of those where you got a couple of blind spots you have to deal with? What's it like in that uh, in your setting there? I've got to say in, in the in the tracks that I've called, which has only been about a handful um, in, in my geez, 18 or, or so years now, mine is by far the best. Uh, my viewpoint is awesome. I'm pretty much right on the line. People ask me all the time, how do you call that finish? Because um, I kind of pride myself in being able to call the finish. Um, I even called the dead heat one time. But uh, I'm right on the line. I'm right on the line. I've got a great view. Uh, crystal clear view. Um, so really, really fortunate as far as that, in, in that regard. Um, it may not be the most state-of-the-art booth in the world, um, but as far as the, the view of the track and, and everything that goes on, I've got a great, great view and very fortunate in that regard. Now, Mike, you're one of the few announcers I think that is stuck at one place for such a long time, and I think that's kind of an announcer's goal. At least it is, in my opinion. If you could find a track and stick it with it forever. I know the guy that I replaced at Hazel Park, Jack Riggs, was there from 1954, 55, all the way until uh, 2004 when I took over. And uh, so you've pretty much been the voice at, at Saratoga for an awfully long time. Tell us a little bit about the racetrack. Tell us about Saratoga. Tell us about – and, of course, it's obviously – it's right there by the thoroughbred track. So it's, it's a, a big horse racing place, a big horse racing area. Tell us about that area. Tell us what you like most about Saratoga. Well, first of all, I, I grew up in the area. So that, that helps. Um, you know, my family is grew up about, I don't know, 15 miles from Saratoga. Um, I've always been a Saratoga fan, both of the city and, and, and of our track. Uh, when I was younger, I was a thoroughbred fan. Um, that kind of went away. Um, as I got more involved in harness, but as far as our track, I, I think we're a little bit underrated to tell you the truth. I think we're a little under the radar in a lot of regards. So races like the Garrity really help us having the name Saratoga attached obviously helps in the horse racing world. Um, but I think in a lot of people's minds, we've been kind of stuck as a sort of B track, um, if you will. And, and I don't think that the quality of product really shows that. I think we really have good racing, uh, and we have for the last, several years you know we've had great purses since the since the slot machines have been in i still call them slot machines um you know our race secretary pj avino does a great job putting races together especially at the high levels our, our opens are highly competitive um so I, I think our racing is really good um and i i think our area kind of speaks for itself anyone who's been to saratoga and, and if they come across the street to to our little uh, nook at the harness track they go wow it's really nice here you know, and, and I, I think it has kind of, especially in the summertime, a vacation sort of feel to it. You know, I was the announcer at Ocean Downs for a couple of years in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, and and it, that certainly was a vacation track. Um, and, and we're a little less so, but I, I think that I think our track is really beautiful. And I, I think it's a really nice half mile track for racing. And we really have uh, top quality type racing. 
Now, Mike, tell us a little bit about your fill-in announcer. This was somebody who um, who kind of came from out in left field. Nobody had heard of much of him, um, and he's done a really good job uh, filling in for you on a couple of occasions. Tell us a little bit about him. So the the newest one that we have, when, when Bullet Bob Meyer officially um, retired uh, as one of my backups, you know, I had John Horn, who, who, who calls it Vernon now, and he's been at Tioga. Um, and now I've got a, a young young gentleman named Kenny Livingood, who's really just a, a driven young guy. Um, he reminds me an awful lot of myself uh, when I was his age, because I think now he's right around, I don't know if he's, he's in his early 20s, 21, 22, 23. Um, and, and that's what I was when I started. He went out uh, to Chippewa Downs and announced out there. I know he filled in for John at Vernon last weekend, and he'll be here for me tomorrow night as I'm actually taking a rare summer night off. Um, so he, he really does a good job. His background is in thoroughbred, so I needed to kind of help him um, hone his harness racing a little bit. But he really loves it and, and, and enjoys it, and you can see it in his race calls. And um, he's really going to be a good one. Um, hopefully I can keep him as a backup for a while before he lands somewhere because he'll land somewhere at some point. Good stuff. Well, Mike, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. One final question before we let you go, and, and Mike segued into it perfectly because, you know, we're talking about uh, young announcers. If you had one or two pieces of advice that you'd give to a young announcer as somebody that's thinking about wanting to be an announcer, what would that be? Um, I guess twofold. One, listen to other announcers. Soak it up um, from everywhere. Even the things you don't like or maybe the announcers that aren't your favorite ones, listen to them. Um, pick up things, things that you like, things that you don't like, and start to develop your, your own craft. And the other thing is try not to do too much, especially when you're getting started. I think your tendency, I know my tendency was to kind of shoot for the fences because I was calling one race a night or one race card every couple months, and it was trying to do a little bit too much. Um, and, and just hone your craft and get better at it. And, and if you love it, which, which I do, and I think most of us that do this do, um, just continue to get better. You know, that's been my goal is to try to keep it fun for people and to try to not get stale. I try to keep getting better. I listen to who I think are, are some of the best announcers in the country and try to certainly not steal things, but just pick up little things here and there and tendencies and cadence and, and, and wording. And just listen to other people and, and continue to get better and don't let yourself get stale. All right. He's one of the best in the business, Mike Sardella. Mike, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and best of luck to you moving forward. I appreciate it, guys. Good to have a few minutes. All right. That was Saratoga track announcer Mike Sardella making his post time with Mike and Mike debut, Mike Carter. And uh, it's amazing that we still have people making their post time with Mike and Mike <laughs> debut after three plus years on the air. But nonetheless, uh, we certainly appreciate Mike taking time out. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I love listening to Mike, man. He's got a, a really unique style. And I'm, yep. I just love announcers with unique styles. It's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And he does a heck of a job out there. Uh, you know, he doesn't put too much into it, but he, you know, he could tell he really, really enjoys his job. And he's been at Saratoga now for quite some time. I'm not even quite sure. I don't know if we asked him exactly how long, but he's been there as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's one of those guys that's actually, you think he's like when you talk to him and, and uh, you know, you see him and everything, you, you you see like a guy that's in his mid-20s. You know what I mean? He's a very, he's a youthful veteran. Like that's, I like to use that term. I use that term to describe you amongst other terms. But, uh, 
Youthful <laughs> veterans you the one I like the youthful veterans the one I like the best. Listen, you, you need to win the sprint home before you can start talking oh. about youthful veterans, okay? <laughs> well, we listen. We got shades coming out in a few minutes, and I'm we're not even going to talk about the video I sent you guys. Oh yes, we no. are. Oh, no, oh well, yes, wait, we are. you got to wait a little bit. Wait. Oh right. man, you're no fun. Okay. All right, let's get back to business. Uh, we've got uh, Debo <laughs> Till coming up. He's in the on-deck circle. He's going to be talking about the big uh, weekend coming up at Plain Ridge, the spirit of Massachusetts trot boy. And I'll tell you what, Guardian Angel Oz is headed there, and how well is he racing right now? Holy moly. So we're going to talk to Steve about that. Also, they're going to get a visit from perhaps one of the greatest pacing mares of all time, Mike Carter, Sharpton. I think she's got to be in that conversation, don't you? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement, and if you ask me, she's well on her way to being Horse of the Year this year. Uh, she is absolutely dominating. It's going to be a, a battle between the girls, if you ask me, between her and Atlanta, but she's headed up to Massachusetts to take on some of the best in the Claire Barton. And how about the spirit of Massachusetts coming up, Mike? I mean, what mm-hmm. an incredible field that is shaping up to be. Um, like you said, Guardian Angel AS, a, the world record holder, is headed up to Massachusetts. Have you ever been to Plain Ridge? Never been. One of these days. One of these days mm-hmm. you got to get up there because it, you know, I've heard amazing. it's nothing but a nice place. Mike, it's amazing, you know, that, you know, I've been in the business for so long and how many tracks that I actually haven't been to. You know, maybe we should do a uh, maybe we should do a, a, a travel tour in like December when you when you decide to take a hiatus uh, from racing yeah. for a while. Maybe, maybe. Plus, we've got uh, the uh, Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association's very own Andrew Dembski. He's going to be joining us, the director of digital media and creative services. Of course, they've got a big Saturday coming up at the Meadows. It's the pace for the Orchids, the Adios. So we're going to dive into that as well. Plus, our Pacing for the Cure segment with Janine Gessick. That's all ahead on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 55. Whitbank Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitbank Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at penhorseracing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. Penhorseracing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania. 
You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association in Bed America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by Steve O'Toole. And Steve, one place I've never been is Massachusetts. I take that back. I've been to Massachusetts. I lived in New Hampshire for quite some time, but I haven't been in that area during the summertime. What I, I know what it's like in the winter. It snows like crazy. Is it? Does it ever get warm up there? Well, uh, we, we we go through a couple of warm streaks, but uh, it, it's usually pretty comfortable here in the summertime. But uh, recently, just this past weekend, uh, just this just a couple of days ago, uh, we got hit with a tornado down the Cape and a place Holy down cow. there. And so we, yeah, so we, I suffered a little bit of damage there, not as bad as some people, but uh, most of the time, from the you know, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, it was it was in the 90s last Friday, and it's in the it, it hasn't broken 70 yet today. But it's going to be nice this afternoon. But when it's nice up here, when the weather's nice up here, you can't beat it. Well, let's talk a little bit of Plain Ridge Park and the uh, pair of races they have coming up this weekend in the Clara Barton and Spirit of Massachusetts. And you know these two races are shaping up to be some of the probably the best races of the season. You guys have Sharpton coming up. Guardian Angel AS is coming, who's uh, set a world record earlier this year what is it like to have such big events come to uh, a place uh, as close to home as plain ridge well for you know th- th- there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of stories that are playing out here you know one of the one of the things that we try to do is make it a fun day for everybody and our, our both of our horsemen's associations the the, the the breeders in the state and the horsemen's association that represent the horsemen that work uh here on a daily basis we're really behind this day uh, they set up exhibits. They're going to have a, a, a virtual race uh, simulator. That's pretty cool. I tried it up in Bangor last week, and it's 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 pretty cool. It puts the fan right in the right in the seat, you know. Uh, but we have a lot of we have a lot of stories that are that are shaping up. You know, Chardonnay is owned by Richie Pellucci, who uh, cut his teeth over at Foxborough Raceway, that was just five miles down the road. And Plain Ridge is pretty much, you know, the replacement track for Foxborough Park. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got, um, a Mambo Lindy, who was, a, a, a Lindy Farms horse that's going to be in, in the trot. Um, you know, when we're, you know, we're, a lot of support's going to be behind him. He's been racing here weekly and, and it, although he hasn't been traveling the country this year, he, he, I, he, he seems to be getting pretty sharp and I don't think he's going to, uh, disappoint the, uh, the Antonacci's in, in that event. He, he raced really well last year when he, when he did go on tour a little bit. So we've got a lot of local interest, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, Pucci has, uh, I think he's going to have two horses in there. I think Better Joy Inn is also going to be in the event. So, uh, uh, Applebottom Jeans, who uh, was, was raised by Kevin Switzer, uh, she's going to be in, in the Mayor's Open. She's raced here uh, throughout her career. Uh, she, she cut her teeth here. I think she broke her maiden here. So, uh, we, have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of local interests, um, and I think it's going to be, uh, I think both races are really shaping up to be a, a good, uh, you know, good events. Uh, and then we complement that with some entertainment on the apron, you know, in between races, we've got a local band that's playing and, uh, a, a, and one unique thing that we're doing that I, I haven't seen done anywhere else. Uh, we, it's a giveaway, which goes on all over the country, but the industry really came together with, uh, Jimmy Winsky's uh, embroidery unlimited 
the Handball Society, Lindy Farms, both of our horsemen's associations, and our local hotel sponsor, Hawthorne Suites, they all pitched in. And uh, we have about 1,000 um, of these really nice coolers uh, to give away. So it's not a cheap giveaway. It's a very nice cooler. And they all, they all pitched in with their – and they all have their uh, insignias and logos on the bag. So we've got a lot going on. Uh, Bob Neumeyer who is uh, NBC fame for covering the Derby, and he's been a local broadcaster here. Uh, he couldn't wait to jump in and, uh, and help us out for the day and kind of carry the, the day as MC and do some race evaluation as well. So I think we've got some pretty uh, neat stuff going on. Uh, obviously, the races are the highlight, and uh, when we, we can't wait for Sunday to roll around. We really can't. And, uh, it's too bad uh, we didn't talk earlier. I would have got you guys up here. Hello. All right. I think we uh, might have lost uh, Mike Bozitz there. Yeah. The, you know, listen, Plain Ridge is one of those places that I want to get to, Steve. I, I remember growing up in the sport of harness racing and watching Foxborough. My mom loved Foxborough. Uh, it was one of the main tracks that uh, that she got to watch. But you guys have these a pair of big races coming up uh, this weekend. But let's talk about Plain Ridge as a whole, Steve. The racing up there is as competitive as it can be, and it's a product that's really been built up uh, to be something really special. Yeah, through the uh, you know since the uh, casino was built here, and we've been able to supplement the purses. Uh, we, we you know we've we've really uh, you know, we've really grown as far as uh, some of the some of the quality that that we've been experiencing. But you know, I, I got to say that even our local guys uh, haven't been left in the dust. Um, my race secretary, who who identified both of the gaps in this in this in the schedule for both the mayor's race and the trot race that's coming up on Sunday, uh, he's also he, he, you know he's also been uh, utilizing different tools like Trackmaster to put out competitive fields and. Uh, and I, th- I think it's been successful. You know, it's been a controversial uh, uh, way of classifying horses, uh, and we totally understand that. And it's not the end-all, be-all, but it, it definitely is a nice tool for him to use uh, in different ways to craft really competitive uh, fields. And we just got hit on our high five. We were kind of hoping it would carry to the spirit of mass day, but we just got hit on our uh, wicked high five, Pentafecta, unique ticket, payout of $48,000 last Friday. Steve, you can hear me. Mike Bozich, you can hear me, right? Yes, I can. Okay, good, good. Just check it, just check it, because I had a little bit of an issue. But I just wanted to ask you, Steve, before we let you go, uh, obviously you guys have done a heck of a job. I mean, building this up to make it a, a big event with all the different options and things for the fans to do, and you've done a lot of, you know, a lot of things just to create interest in this race. Tell us uh, what this means, in your opinion, to Plain Ridge and to you guys to have the spirit of Massachusetts trot. Well, it means it means a great deal to the local uh, fans that come out into the town of Plainville, which we're located in. Uh, Plainville has always embraced uh, our, our our racetrack, and they've always been a great partner with us. Uh, I mean, they even have a banner downtown, you know, advertising the, the spirit of Massachusetts across their main street downtown. And Plainville is anything but plain. You know, I mean, we have a we have the we have a casino in Plainville, so it's not really a, it's it's not your it's not your uh, what you think to, might be a, a, a you know very milky town, but it's uh, it it 
the, the townspeople here really embrace it, and they really get excited about it. I mean, my phone hasn't stopped ringing for all the local people that supported the building of the casino, which which has helped our racing tremendously. Um, so I would say I would start right there at the local. And last year's Spirit of Massachusetts was won by J.L. Cruz, who, while Hanover Hanover was in there and you know the only mayor in the race drew, drew a lot of attention, J.L. Cruz, uh, I trained for Headman Stable, uh, the people that uh, uh, Steve and Bill, Steve Iaquina and, and Bill Dittmar, I trained for them in the 80s. So I was kind of rooting for them, and, and it came it came to fruition. So uh, I don't think I don't think I got it done for them. But if uh, you know the local aspects and, and the different ties into these races uh, is, is really is really something. I mean, it, I never thought that that first year that it would tie into locally to anybody and it wound up tying into me. So uh, that was a great thrill for me and to reunite with those owners. They came up um, this year, you know, Richie Pellucci, I've known him for uh, since he bought his first horse. Uh, so there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of, uh, a, a lot of stories and a lot of uh, things that kind of come, all come together uh, on, on that day and, and to have, you know, the festivities and everything. It's a, uh, it's a great time and the people really enjoy it. I mean, we pack the place. I mean, we're busy, on uh, a number of days here in the year, uh, racing wise, you know, the triple crown events and the derby and everything, but, uh, the spirit day, uh, really has its own flavor because it's, uh, you know, it's harness racing, at least here in New England at its best. And you know what, Steve, we're glad that it's back, my friend, and hopefully it's back to stay. Steve, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck. And we'll certainly be watching on Sunday. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Appreciate it. All right, that was Steve O'Toole, and uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, they've done a heck of a job uh, really promoting that particular race, and uh, hey, we might have to make a visit next year, my friend. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun, fun race, and you know, he's talking about J.L. Cruz. J.L. Cruz provided one of the biggest upsets of the year mm-hmm. uh, when he won that race uh, a couple of years ago over Hanalore Hanover, so you know, it, it's a fantastic place, um, great racing, and you know, I see their stories as they come in each and every day. And, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, they've got the Mitchell Cushings and the Drew Montes and the Sean Grays. And, you know, I would not call their driving colony a B colony whatsoever. I mean, it's one of the top driving colonies in the country, and it's a lot of fun to watch. No question about it. We still have lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's going to be the first uh, of a lot of monthly segments dealing with the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're going to be joined by Shades Andrew Dembski joining us, and we're going to talk about the Adios, a big weekend of harness racing coming up at the Meadows, and there's a lot going on there. So we're going to talk to Shades about that. Plus, it's our pacing for the Cure segment. Janine Gessick will be joining us. Lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It shades after this time out. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 7:15. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. 
from the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the one and only Shades. And Shades, we had you on uh, not that long ago, and we were talking about things that were going to be coming up in the state of Pennsylvania and things, but you're coming up on the adios, and you've been doing these tip sheets as of late. I got to ask, how has it been handicapping the harness horses versus the thoroughbreds? Uh, well, it, it's relatively new for me, um, so it, it's kind of like you, you learn as you go uh, kind of thing, but I'm enjoying it, man. I find myself playing more and more harness racing now, so uh, and what makes it so convenient is I, I'll get done working about 5 o'clock, and sure enough, there's always a track or two firing up around then, so I'm ready to rock and roll. But yeah, I just started looking at the card uh, yesterday. I think it goes uh, final today. Uh, with changes and whatnot for the uh, for Saturday's card at the Meadows. So I'm just diving into it. Of course, I looked at the big race, but uh, this is a pretty tremendous card, a 16-race program. There's some really nice horses coming in for it. So I'm looking forward to heading back out to Pittsburgh uh, this weekend. Shades, you are the Director of Digital Media and Creative Services for the PHRA, the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association, and uh, you guys have got a lot going on coming up on Saturday at the Meadows. Tell us about some of the promotions that we could look forward to come Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty uh, pretty big weekend. We're going to get out there uh, Friday night, which uh, is a family fun night there, and I was at one of their family fun nights already, and they do a great job out at the Meadows uh, entertaining the kids. I think I saw a gentleman on stilts for about six hours that night. I don't know how he did it, uh, but the kids love him. So there's plenty going on with their family fun night Friday night, and I'll be there Friday night just hanging out, so feel free to find me in disguise, you know, maybe a T-shirt and jeans kind of night for shades uh, <laughs> for uh, the big day on Saturday. But we also have our own Wager Warriors program going on both days and if you haven't seen that yet on social media uh, you can always follow us at 10 horse racing on social media or follow me at shades on racing um, the wager warriors program is kind of phra in conjunction with the standard Bird breeders association of pennsylvania and what we've done is uh for select dates and these are two of them friday and saturday at the meadows we have what are called wager warriors two people who are just pretty much walking around crashing your party and teaching you <laughs> how to play the races so they're going to answer any questions you have, how to read the program early. Uh, challenge them. Feel free. Go for it. Uh, I did it one night, and I had to defer to my other wager warrior uh, <laughs> for some assistance. But we had a great time doing it. We hand out betting vouchers, so you get a little free bet on us uh, if you want to hang out with the wager warriors. That's going on both days, Friday and Saturday. So you'll see them out there. And then, of course, Saturday is uh, the big day, and we have just endless things going on that day as well. Now, Shades, let's kind of dive into the the program itself. It's full of stakes races, but the Philly rendition of the Adios 
boy, did that turn up extremely, extremely tough. Uh, of course, you got horses like Tall Drink Hanover in the race. Um, what an impressive, you know, field that they've put together, uh, both divisions uh, for the Audio Volo. Obviously, I'm looking at the 14th race with Tall Drink Hanover and Sweet Lucy Lou, but both of the divisions are just extremely tough in their own right. Yeah, and what's really nice is you see a bunch of horses uh, in the Philly race, um, horses that are well-traveled and seem to win everywhere, which is really cool to me. Sometimes it takes a horse a trip around a new surface and whatnot, um, but there's a bunch of them in the race, especially the Philly race, and you mentioned Taller and Canover, another uh, well-traveled filly who just, whatever surface she steps on, always shows up to every fight. Uh, so we lose we're just inside of her clearly uh, is going to be intriguing as this one's going to be tested by love horses that are going to be tested and are getting better and better each and every start. And you never know with, with three-year-olds. And that's what's cool about uh, the Phillies and the boys race, the Adios being three-year-old races. This is uh, always a question mark. So from a betting standpoint, uh, I'm always intrigued. I'm always going to try to swing away with a horse that might be a bit of a price, uh, but uh, I have not yet put together my pick three, which is going to start with that Phillies race. So I'm kind of excited to handicap that one a little more. The $400,000 Delvin Miller Adios is uh, the three-year-old open pace. It's race number 15 on the program. And and uh, I like a little bit of a long shot there, Shades. Uh, I'm going to actually go with Escape to the Beach. I like horses that did a lot of work early on and then re-rally, and I think that's what Escape to the Beach did. I think he's uh, pointing in the right way form cycle-wise, and, uh, you know, you're going to get Tim Tietrick to boot, so you, lots to like there about Escape to the Beach. Plus, you're going to get value on him. But, uh, you know, Southwind Ozzy raced very well. I mean, this is a horse that came off uh, a month and three weeks and turned in a 149 and change effort and closed into a very fast back half. Some could argue that that was a needed race. So if he actually steps forward form-wise off that needed race, he's going to be very tough to beat. Yeah, Southwood Ozzy, I think, will go off uh, as the favorite in there. But I don't blame you for taking a shot with Escape to the Beach. Uh, I mean, this horse ran huge in its uh, elimination race, and I thought that was a tremendous effort, as you mentioned. And, yeah, showed a ton of heart in there, staying on when it had every seemingly had every reason to quit. Um, and you will get value. Escape to the Beach is not exactly uh, a win machine compared to some of the others in this field. People are going to see horses that have won some more than half of their lifetime starts or around half of their uh, lifetime starts. And uh, that's going to jump off the page to a bunch of people. So yeah, maybe escape to the beach could be value. And if Tim Tietrick and Tony Lyon get their picture taken at five to one or higher, you're going to be kicking yourself uh, later on from a betting standpoint. If you're not <laughs> on the escape to the beach bad wagon. So uh, it should be pretty interesting. I- I'm looking forward to just the night in general. Even if you're just out there having fun, you're kind of a casual uh, a fan. I mean, there's so much going on with me foiled again is going to be on site. I think he's leaving the post parade for the audio sent for the, the, uh, foiled again, invitational pace. So you'll get to see, you know, harness racing royalty that night. I've met foiled again. He's a friendly little guy. So <laughs> feel free to come out to the track and see foiled again. Even if you don't, uh, if you're not the biggest, uh, player, always cool to see him there. I think there's uh, the standard breeders. They're giving away or raffling off an iPad and iPad mini, um, we, the PHRA, my organization, we're starting up uh, another sweepstakes, so come see us. We're going to be on site giving away a Yeti cooler, which uh, they're tremendous and gorgeous. Uh, so that's going to be another chance for you to win something that night. So if you're not cashing it at the windows, maybe you'll walk out with an iPad or uh, a Yeti cooler uh, from the Standard Breeders or from us at the PHRA. 
You know, Shades, it's funny because Mike mentioned that Escape to the Beach, he likes horses that have to do all the work. Listen, this horse had to do all the work in Florida. He had to drag my fat butt around the uh, around the Tony Alanya <laughs> <laughs> training. Uh, we did a training mile, and Escape to the Beach was the uh, the one I got to go with. So, you know what? Maybe he's worth a couple of bucks as well. He's sort of gotten into trouble, but I guess I want to ask about the hometown guy uh, and Dave Pallone, uh, Prince of Tides. He is coming up on his 20th anniversary of winning the Adios with Washington, V.C. Dave Pallone obviously has a big chance off the rail. Uh, and, you know, listen, his elimination, he won by six and three-quarter lengths. Uh, kind of a little bit surprising, if you ask me, because he'd been racing against some very good condition company at the Meadowlands and his hair is filling at Pocado, and then he just stepped right up and into a uh, pretty dominant spot. So, uh, Mr. Pallone, the hometown hero, has got a big chance to win the race, too. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the horses that – uh, you'd think the test came last time. That, that big question, can this horse handle its level? And Manly hammered about the windows, and he, he won like it was a one-horse race. So for the tie, it's going to take plenty of money, especially with Dave Pallone uh, driving, and he's, he's back aboard once again, or he's uh, in the bike once again. And You know, I, Dave Pallone, and so many, and this is, I mean, everybody. I, I just, I've traveled now um, to all three tracks in Pennsylvania, Everyone's so welcoming. The the drivers, the trainers, they'll they'll hang out, they'll answer your questions. They're just super friendly. Dave Pallone's been that way. My goodness, I know when I first met him seven eight years ago, um, and always been that kind of person to the fans. So, uh, harness racing full of awesome people, and Dave Pallone's certainly one of them. So, being kind of a a hometown favorite over there, driving a horse that hasn't just been winning but has been absolutely dominant, uh, it should be pretty cool if you were to get the job done with Prince of Tides. All right, once again, a big day coming up on Saturday. It's the Dolphin Miller Adios, the three-year-old open pace. Uh, lots of going-ons after Meadows coming up, and uh, you guys, like you say, will be having the uh, Wagering Warriors, which I think, by the way, is a tremendous concept. I think that we really have to pick up our ball game in terms of educating fans on how to wager properly, and, and uh, you know, that's what you guys are doing, so certainly a, a tip of the hat to that. But real quick before we let you go, and I know we asked you this a couple of months ago, but uh, I want to ask you again because, I, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody's familiar with the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. What do you guys do and, uh, you know, kind of how are you guys, uh, how are you guys created? Yeah, well, we're basically a marketing organization uh, that encompasses the entire state uh, of Pennsylvania for horse racing. Um, and we work with all six racetracks, the harness tracks and the thoroughbred tracks. Uh, and you can follow us on social media right now. Our social media campaign is super strong, but we also deal with uh, pretty much every part of the industry, breeders, uh, every, it doesn't, you know, if we touch the industry in Pennsylvania, we're, we're promoting it. So that's pretty much the, the main idea is that we were created to drive attendance and handle uh, in Pennsylvania and get more people excited. So we have a lot of events lined up, not just at tracks, but offsite trying to uh, encourage new fans and new participation in the sport, in the industry. As you know, the industry doesn't touch just touch the racetracks from, from farms to uh, industry uh, to uh, manufacturing and whatnot. There's so much that goes on to in horse racing. It creates so many jobs. And we want to get people interested in the industry itself. So if we could help drive people to the racetracks and big event days like this one at the Meadows, certainly going to be uh, part of it. Uh, I think you've done, they've done a great job. I think we've promoted it uh, pretty well. So we'll see how this weekend goes. I'm really looking forward to that. But, yes, that's basically my, what we're doing with the PHR, right? We are trying to get new fans involved. And 
Uh, right now we're doing a bunch of crazy things. Uh, we'll see uh, how many of them work, but uh, be sure to follow us on social media for some uh, hopefully ridiculous and fun content oh. coming up. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to see some good stuff, follow. Make sure you follow them on social media, and uh, and you, you'll know why I'm I'm uh, grunting over here in a couple of weeks' time. But anyway, I know exactly I'll say, why. Uh, I'll say maybe by Sunday, so they won't have to wait a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh no, Sunday. Hey, hey, Shades, listen, do me a favor, will you? Can, can you make can you make Mike first because I thoroughly enjoyed his. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm sitting right in front of it. Just oh, mark no. down 30, 31 second mark if you want to fast forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly. Yeah, what it, I it, to you know what? It, it, let me just let me just give everybody a hint. Make sure you eat lunch well before. <laughs> Not right before, or and you know certainly you won't want to eat it right after. But uh, nonetheless, shades. Listen, we certainly appreciate it, buddy. And one more time, where can they follow you on social media? One more time. Yeah, follow our organization at Ten Horse Racing. That is uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You can follow me at Shades on Racing. You're the man, buddy. We'll talk to you next month. All right, take care, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Shades. Uh, and, uh, they've got a lot of good things coming up, and uh, no, I'll tell you, Mike, I was really uh, uh, actually Jessica Otten uh, came up here a couple of weeks ago, and she had this nice, beautiful yellow bright shirt on, and uh, on the back of it it said Wager Warriors, and I said, "What's this about?" So she explained it to me, and Seth Dowling came up, and Seth explained it to me um, what they were doing, and I really listen. You know me; I'm a super, super uh, proponent of fan education. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. I think that's something that we, as an industry as a whole, need to improve on. And and uh, you know, listen, I was so excited. Basically, what they do is they put these white or the, these yellow bright shirts on almost like, you know, you can't miss them. I mean, you know, you, you're drawn automatically to them and uh, they go around and they were walking around here at Harris, Philadelphia, just asking people, Hey, do you have any questions about wagering? Do you have any questions about racing and, and this and that? And uh, they answered a lot of questions that particular day and hands uh, you know, tip of the cap to them, because I think that's a tremendous idea. Yeah, definitely. You have these guys walking around, and it's almost like uh, Keeneland, Mike. You know, they have those learn-to-bet guys walking around. They have them at Saratoga, I think they have them at. So, you know, these guys, they walk around, they help some of the new people, and it really kind of brings, you know, some of the fans who may not understand what they're wagering on or what they're doing, kind of gets them a little bit involved. Plus, they get a free wager out of the deal. Absolutely. No, Mike, it's not even only about wagering. I mean, people, I mean, you'd be surprised at the questions new people have, like, what are the horses doing that are just, you know, running around on the track like an hour before post? What are they doing? What's the outrider do? Where's the start? Where's the finish? Where's this? I mean, so many questions that we take for granted for being in the business for so long, um, you know, and, and a lot of basic questions that people have. And uh, and you have to remember, these people, a lot of them, when they walk in, they're brand new to the sport. And you know what, Mike? If they leave with more questions than they have, likelihood, they're not coming back. So right. it's our job as an industry to make sure that, you know, they understand what's going on out on that racetrack. And, and then, of course, they can pick up the wagering and how to read the program. And Because, you know, Mike, it could be. It's, it's a complicated business for somebody just walking in for the first time. 
Yeah, it, it, there's a lot to it. If you sit down and look at a program as a new person, there's a lot of information there that you know you may or may not understand, and so it just it takes time to learn, and we just we have to be willing to teach them. All right, basic for the care segments coming up. Uh, Jenny Gasick is going to be joining us, and uh, she's going to be telling us what's going on as far as uh, pacing for the cure goes. But uh, real quick, before we do that, I just want to let each and everybody uh, want let each and every one of you know. And let me make sure that I get this up because I want to get the correct information out. I don't want to mislead anybody. But the uh, Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey has got their big show coming up. It is the 25th annual National Standard Bread Horse Show. It's going to be August 9th to the 11th at the Horse Park of New Jersey at Stone Tavern. Uh, at the Stone Tavern, that's in Allentown. Make sure you come on out because it's a good, good time. Once again, it's August 9th to the 11th. Mark it on your calendar. It's the 25th annual National Standard Bread Horse Show. We might have maybe try to get Rob Pennington on next week to talk a little bit about it. Once again, mark it on your calendar, August 9th to 11th, the annual National Standard Red Horse Show 25th edition. Basing for the Cure segments coming up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raise to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. And they're off and pacing at the Dan Pat Stakes. They come to three quarters and 122 and four. Lazarus. Lazarus came forth to win the 25th running of the Dan Patch Day. Celebrating Indiana's richest harness race, the 26th edition of the $300,000 Dan Patch Stakes on Friday, August 9th at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Watch it live on Wish TV at 9 p.m. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And now it's time for one of our favorite segments here on the Post Time with Mike and Mike program. It is the Pacing for the Cure segment. And right now we're joined by Janine Gessick, co-founder for Pacing for the Cure. Hi, Janine. Hi, Mike. How are you? We're doing fantastic. Hey, the weather, it's, it's cooled off nicely. Had a beautiful last couple of days, so we certainly can't complain. And the summer has definitely been busy for pacing for the cure. Tell us about what's been going on in the summer months. Yeah, so thank you, Mike, first of all, for having me. So 
Jeff and I really kicked off our summer tour with actually three charity nights. Um, the first one was at the Meadowlands on May 25th. And then we were at two races, one in the Meadows in Washington, PA, on June 22nd. And that was sponsored by the MSOA and PHHA. Um, the other was at El Dorado's Sciota Downs on June 28th. And that was sponsored by the OHHA. Um, so Jeff and I were really excited and thrilled to participate in all three of those charity nights at the races and certainly we're very grateful to the racetrack management and the associations for um, inviting us this year. Now you guys had done something a little bit different back on July 12th and 13th. You guys participated in your first ever rodeo event. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was really exciting. So we drove out to Fort Armstrong Rodeo, which is in Ford City, Pennsylvania, and we participated in a two-day rodeo event. I have to say, Mike, I was not really sure what to expect um, at being at a rodeo event. I kind of knew what, what things happened, but wow, what a community draw out in Ford City, PA. So um, it's the Ford Armstrong Horsemen's Association actually sponsors this event, and they pick a charity um, for two years in a row. And we were thrilled when um, we were invited to participate as the charity of choice for 2019 and 2020. And I have to tell you, so the first night we were there, um, as soon as we got there, we, we arrived a little bit early. The crowd started coming in at 4.30, 5 o'clock, and the rodeo didn't even start until 8. So I was feeling really confident that there was going to be a big turnout. And by the end of the evening, there certainly was a large attendance. We even had some of our drivers that, that support us through the Dollar Per Win Challenge, Sean Johnston, Jeremy Endoff, and Brady Brown, actually came out and they were terrific. They, they sat at the table. We had merchandise for, um, for sale that was co-branded with our logo as well as the Fort Armstrong um, rodeo logo. And those t-shirts were selling like hotcakes. And I think it's because of the guys, quite honestly, <laughs> drawing people <laughs> to the table, um, signing autographs, helping you know us raise awareness about MS. It was really awesome to see the drivers get involved. And um, the MSOA uh, gave us a, um, a poster that had the face cut out of it, and so kids could come and, you know, put their face through the, the cardboard and then, you know, have fun and take pictures that way, too. So it was really great. Um, one of our Rodeo Challenge team members was also there. Her name is Abby Yarkowski. She actually participated in the barrel racing event, and um, she did really well, and we were so proud to um, – to see her and meet her in person. Um, but I have to say, you know, we can't thank um, Heather Wilder, Scarlett Wilder, you know, and Mike for all their ongoing support. And, and actually, Jeff Altmeyer, who is Heather's uncle, um, was a big part of um, this and, you know, it's planned and um, made these events a success year after year. And for them to think of Pacing for the Cure, um, it really was an honor and a privilege to be involved in that event, and it was certainly a great partnership for um, Pacing for the Cure. So I have to say, we are really looking forward to going back to Ford City again next year. All right, then we're right back on the racetrack circuit. You guys were right back on July 13th. Boy, you're not kidding the busy schedule. Back to Scioto Downs in uh, Ohio. Yeah, so you know Columbus, Ohio is oh, yeah. um, one 
is one of our favorite places. And um, so every year when we go back there, we typically honor um, a special guest this year. Um, Amy from Ohio um, lives with MS. We met her um, previously, and you might recall, she is one of the recipients of a Pacing for the Cure scooter. Um, so I think it was provided to her earlier this year. So it was great to meet her in person. And, um, you know, she participated in our um, Pacing for the Cure race and blanket presentation in the winner's circle. And, of course, we got to see our friends Stacey Cahill and Jason Roth and are so grateful that they keep inviting us back year after year because we really do enjoy the Columbus, Ohio community. Yeah, some good people in the state of Ohio. They love their harness racing, and uh, they love their pacing for the cure. Well, Janine, let's talk about what's coming up. You guys got some uh, events coming up, including this weekend. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this weekend, Sunday, July 28th, we will be at Ocean Downs in Maryland. Um, we have a day at the races planned there with an MS walk, meet and greet with the drivers, um, and um, have some great raffle prizes, as well as um, some Pacing for the Cure merchandise for purchase. So um, should be a, a fun event. The weather, as you said, is, has cooled off significantly from the 115 degrees or whatever we were last Sunday. So we're looking forward to that drive down to Maryland and hope that um, all the folks from that racing community come out and support us for that event. Yeah, and we are this close to securing a day for Pacing for the Cure at Harris, Philadelphia, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully in the next week or so we'll have that wrapped up. Of course, uh, you know, when we talk about the end of summer, it is kind of sad, but not really because we culminate with the annual celebration in Harrisburg, and Janine, what an event that has turned into. Yeah, and, and you know, Mike, I have to say um, that really is an opportunity for Jeff and I to – to bring our uh, friends, family, and supporters together and really celebrate and appreciate all the hard work that our volunteers do for us and, um, you know, that, you know, to celebrate at a time when people come together for the, the annual Harrisburg sale and to give people an opportunity to come out and, and have a nice dinner with us and, and to hear about what we've been able to accomplish throughout the year. So we do look forward to that. Um, Harrisburg event this year. It will be on Monday, November 4th. Um, we will be back at the Best Western Hotel and Conference Center. Um, it really is an ideal location um, for our annual event, and um, it's convenient to the farm complex, and, you know, we're, we expect some new um, faces in, in the audience this year um, due to the popularity of the dollar per win um, challenge with the females the females in harness racing. So we've got some friends up in Maine, New England, and the New York area, and even um, Calgary, Canada, um, supporting us selling Pacing for the Cure merchandise. So our reach is really expanding, and we look forward to bringing um, some of those folks who have really turned out to be wonderful brand ambassadors, inviting them to our annual dinner and celebrating with them for all that, that they are doing for Pacing for the Cure. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, about that, that event is we have secured some of our annual sponsorships for that event, and um, we, we welcome new sponsors. So if anybody's interested in um, table sponsorships, um, they're $1,000 um, for a table of eight. And that's a nice way for um, either the breeding farms or the associations to offer out tickets 
um, to some of their employees, and many of those organizations have already offered table sponsorships. And, of course, we have, um, you know, sponsors of the raffles or, or anything else for that event. So if anybody's interested, they can email us at sponsors at pacingforthecure.org. Um, we also, um, if anybody is interested in providing any raffle items for us to raffle off that evening, um, they could also either get in touch with me or Jeff at pacingforthecure.org and if they would like to make a donation. So we gratefully accept any donations that anyone would like to make for that event. All right, and yeah, absolutely. And if uh, even you want to send a note to the program, Mike Carter and myself, we could certainly make sure we get the information to Jeff and Janine if you're interested in donating. And Janine, we always have to kind of end on this note. If anybody's out there and they just want to make a donation flat out right now, what's the best way to go ahead and do that? There, they can click on the donate button and it takes them to a secure donation portal. Or if it's easier, people want to mail a check to us, they can mail it to um, Janine or Jeff Gessick, P.O. Box 1, Mount Laurel, um, New Jersey, 08054. So that information is also available on our website, so they could go to the pacingforthecure.org website. All right, check it out, pacingforthecure.org. Janine, we certainly appreciate what you do for multiple sclerosis, and uh, we will certainly look forward to be seeing you at Ocean Downs coming up on July 28th and at Harris, Philadelphia, and we're this close to getting a date. As soon as we got it, we'll let everybody know. Janine, we appreciate you joining us once again. Thank you so much for having me, and enjoy the rest of the summer, Mike. All right. Make sure you check the gang out at Pacing for the Cure. That's pacingforthecure.org. Thanks so much to all of our guests for taking time out of their day to spend some time with Mike and I. We'll see you back here next Thursday with a first post of 1030. See you next week. Oh